Hello everybody, Mariner here, welcome to Now That Hall and the uh, FPL Compass Show for Game Week 34. We are heading closer and closer to the end of what seems like a long, long period of time, long season. Uh, obviously, as always, we've got Nima with us. How are you, my friend? Hi, Chris. I'm doing well, thanks. Um, nice to have a game week that's complete this time before recording and there aren't kind of three, four matches that have yet to unfold happen like last time around. Yeah, it's always a bit difficult trying to predict what's uh, trying to look forward when you've still got so much information missing. So it'll be interesting to see how our predictions actually uh, really take shape going forwards as well. Um, I mean, just the usual stuff, Nima. Um, podcast, how are we doing? Yeah, good. So we've just actually been approved, I've seen on Pandora, which looks like it was the last one, but I had to use a VPN to say we were from America before they let me register a few weeks back. So I think we're now definitely on everywhere. I, I kind of forgot about Pandora, if I'm honest. But what I would say is if you're listening on iTunes, if you're on Apple device, we would appreciate a review on there. I don't think you can leave reviews on any other podcast platform. So if you like the YouTube and you have an Apple device, please do leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks, mate. And also, obviously, from from the YouTube perspective, uh, again, the channel's still growing really, really well. Thank you very much. Thanks for your support. But you know, if if you just happen to have stumbled across us, perhaps you've seen how well the the captain metrics doing, and you've decided to uh, finally take the plunge and and try to net that haul with us. Um, please hit the like button if you enjoy what you're hearing. The subscribe uh yeah and and hit the bell um i think that's the key thing and uh yeah thank you very much for your support so i think without any further ado nima i think we should uh crack on into uh today's show and the first thing to look at is how we did last week so uh let me put your screen up and uh let us know how you did Nice. So I got a green arrow, um, about 12% change in rank. I'm just sitting uh, six points outside the top 100k now. So I'm getting closer. I've kind of been stuck in this 100 to 150k bracket for maybe 10 weeks. So I'm hoping these final five weeks of the season, um, they're the one that kind of does it for me. 50k is about 38 points out. So I'm hoping to get there. Um, I was really pleased with Johnston's six-pointer despite conceding two. It softened the blow of benching him for his 15-pointer and penalty save the other day. Um, Rudiger, with his eight points, came through nicely. Salah was my captain with an 18-point return. And then kind of Iheanacho, 12 points, but it didn't really do much to my rank. Um, and Watkins with his five-pointer. Everyone else blanked. Um, I took a minus four. I brought in uh, Martinelli and Trent. Trent obviously lost his clean sheet in the last second, and Martinelli didn't really start the game, but I take um, kind of also comfort in that Saka and Smith Rowe both didn't do anything. Trossard didn't do anything. Kind of Lingard didn't do anything. Jota Greenwood, like anyone I would have brought in apart from Martinelli, did just as badly as him. So that kind of makes the minus four feel a bit better. And now I've got Trent in my uh, team for the long term. So I think I'm happier with my team as it is. And let's attack these final five weeks. Yeah, it seems like everybody who took hits like me didn't pay off. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't really get any return. Um, I guess I got three points of my minus four back, so I lost minus one in the end. But I would have had no players play, so it's, it's better than if it wasn't a blank game week and I'd taken those hits, let's just say. Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you're replacing players who didn't play, 
or who were injured, then it's not as big a hit as it looks for obvious reasons in that you were getting zero points from those anyway. So at least you're getting something unless you own, unless you were brought Sison. <laughs> <laughs> like me. Uh, yeah. The Mariner curse continues. Should we have a look at what I did? Yeah, let's have a look at that. Um, so I know it was just... a rough week on the compass show for you last week. Um, oh, I would say it turned green arrow for me. It, it's end, not so. quite as bad this week. Let me uh, just move. So let me just move across to, to my screen and uh, and get us up on the screen and see where we are. So, yeah. So for me, I mean, look, it's still a red arrow, uh, I'm afraid. But I just feel that slowly but surely i'm arresting that fall what struck me and it's an interesting one but how how fast my team went from scoring eight 70 to 80 points to 20 to 20 to 30. it was it just went off a cliff and i think i'll have to look back on that as to why that you know, at the end of the season, I'll have to look back. But the moment all the city assets and, and things like everything started to, everything went wrong all at once, you know. Um, so it's took me a few weeks, I think, to level out. But if I just look through my team, you know, Martinez in goal, well, I, I'm not sure he'll keep a clean sheet between now and the rest end of the season, to be honest with you. Um, Shaw, yes, fine. Aspilicueta, finally, a return. Trent and size, well, size. Fantastic differential, but hopeless. Uh, and to be honest, uh, <laughs> I'm not quite sure where Wolves are. Mm. Benidorm? Uh, yeah, I we were expecting that scoreline, were we? No, we weren't. Um, Bruno, I captained. I genuinely thought that it was going to be a good week for Bruno. I thought about penalties. I thought that Leeds would give it a go. How wrong was I? It was a really boring match. I fell asleep. I fell asleep watching it. I don't mind admitting it. Yeah, um, no, I, I don't have... think it was a very exciting game at no, all. No, I did have a glass of whiskey because I've got a cold. But but yeah, I did fall I think asleep. There was zero big chances in total from both no, teams. Yeah, exactly. Nothing totally. Uh, yeah, Lingard blanked. Salah, okay. Madison disappointing. I didn't see, didn't hear how he played overnight. I asked Hibbo on the in the group chat, and he just said he was shite. <laughs> <laughs> Exact word, one word, shite. My response, fantastic. Right, that was it. That's it's not what you want to hear about your differentials, is it? Yeah, and then Vidra, I backed the wrong horse. I mean, to be honest, Vidra, he was he had a goal disallowed, which always looked offside, to be fair. Um, and uh, of course, Iniacho, the, the metric hero. Um, so yeah, no points on the bench, didn't expect none of them played. Um, we move, um, 43 points. 34 or 35k rank i'm only uh i'm 43 points off the top 10k that's still achievable and i just think now i've balanced my team out i think i'm in a far better position to go forward i don't think i'll be taking many hits between now and the end of the season perhaps around the, the blank and double game week um but i don't think i'll be taking many more hits now i think i've got my hits out of my system so yeah so that's me what more to say? I'm not so I'm not so miserable this week. Actually, there's something about it. I just feel that all oh, I'm one capt. I was the I'm a captaincy choice off a good week. Pretty much, it feels like that, doesn't it? Yeah, 
yeah absolutely absolutely all right so uh let's crack on let's keep going with uh not not quite so much depression as there was last week with the super league and also with our teams um so let's look at the uh fixture difficulty so first thing what we do as always when we come to looking at our predictions and see how we did uh in the cold light of day shall we say um we looked at it's always good to look at the ranks as to what we thought were teams ranked with respect to fdr prior to the game week so last week we had city chelsea and liverpool top three in attack it was 1.5 1.6 and 2 and remember if you if it's the first time you've ever come across this fixture difficulty if you're listening okay um zero is the best seven is the worst it fits around ben Krellin's system um and with respect to um poor attacking returns or poor attacking fdr sheffield united are bottom 5.3 palace 5.1 west brom 4.8 um defensively chelsea were top 1.5 followed by liverpool and man city and brighton um and at the bottom sheffield united were off the bottom of the metric 7.2 uh burnley 5.2 crystal palace 4.9 so that's where we were um so let's now have a look at our outcomes and see how we actually did so am i in the wrong week no i'm not am i no <laughs> for a minute i thought i was in the wrong week i was having a bit of a moment there um arsenal and everton uh mate that's the first one to look at today so um arsenal they were ranked as a 2.7 attack against everton four defense everton 2.9 against Arsenal 3.5 their defense so I always thought that there would be goals here you also thought there would be goals did we expect Arsenal to keep a clean sheet no no so I think or, or you mean Everton oh sorry uh, sorry Everton to keep a clean sheet sorry mate. no so I did see someone bringing Coleman <laughs> yeah. on their wild card uh, for 4.8 million and he got the two bonus so he got eight yeah. point return um I think there's a few Dinias out there I think it was Ben Krellin himself brought in Dinia with double game with 35 hopefully if it happens in mind um what I will say is neither team really looked that great they kind of had no big chances between the lot of them um the xg for Everton was 0 0.31 so I think um as controversial win as it comes um I, I saw richarlison's dance celebration afterwards i don't know if you've seen it but i think it's basically convinced me that like the guy is looking for any reason to dance because it was an own goal like leno scored the goal like everton had nothing to do with it um and yeah so there was another one of those toenail offsides that i ranted about from var last week as well where for some reason in the build-up to the penalty that arsenal could have got we were deemed to have a player offside uh, pepe i think and seems a bit strange to me just not quite sure what's kind of uh going on these days um we also had controversy in every game this weekend i'll, I'll come on to the handball no goal later on but um yeah i think also had nine shots in the box um they'd be pretty disappointed to come out of that with no points and no penalty yeah yeah i mean just just to uh just to timestamp this and uh forgive the deliberate mistake earlier but it is uh seven in the morning in singapore so uh please forgive the mariner if he gets a little bit confused from time to time i need neymar to keep you in order but perhaps neymar's drinking in london given it at late. 12 15 yeah yeah so it's quarter past midnight 
the, the joys of international FPLing. <laughs> right, mate, let's quickly look at the others. Uh, Liverpool won, Newcastle won. Um, I mean, it was really a very positive matchup for Liverpool attack-wise, 2.4 against 4.1. Um, the defensively-wise, you know, Newcastle 3.1 attack against Liverpool 3.5. That one goal was probably not unexpected, in my opinion. Um, I thought they would concede. You thought they would concede, but we both thought that Liverpool would win. Yeah, I think on another day, you would expect Liverpool to win that. They had 13 shots in the box, uh, five big chances. Newcastle had six shots in the box, two big chances. Um, Liverpool had almost three times the XG with 3.12 versus a 1.32 XG. Just Salah alone, like on another day, there was like a hat-trick there waiting for him and Jota, who got subbed before 60 minutes, he looked like he could have scored two, three goals himself. I, I just don't know what was going on with Liverpool. The, 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 the kind of clinical edge has completely just dived off a cliff, it looks like. Um, they'll be ruining that result. That, that should have been a nice three points towards their top forward march. Um, let, let's hope that that's their kind of last slip-up and they use it as a wake-up call for everyone who is looking to triple up on them for these final five weeks. And, and when we when we come to the matchup show on Thursday, uh, and it's Sean who's with us this week, by the way. Um, but yeah, when we come to the matchup show, um, the fixture difficulty for Liverpool is insanely good, insane after the Manchester United game, completely crazy. So yeah, they're going to have to pull the. I mean, I have to say, as a non-Sala captainer, I would petrified when he smashed that ball after about two minutes i was thinking oh god where's that sofa get me behind him now i think we were happy to get his two-point bonus at the end as well there's a lot of angry fpl managers um but I, I will take that gladly i've had a lot of captain misses this season um the other thing i will say is shout out to my boy willikino who he's a central midfielder on loan from arsenal at newcastle doing the good work, scoring free and free off the bench. He's got more Premier League goals this season from centre mid than all four of Arsenal's current centre mids combined who are still at the club. Um, so you do wonder what we were doing, loaning out our only goal-scoring central midfielder, but yes, there's a it, different argument for a different day. Yes, uh, yes. That does, doesn't say a lot, does it, for what's going on down at the Emirates, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we learned out the only one who's scoring in the Premier League every week. Um, and un un unhelpfully, just as a final parting gift, I guess he's kind of helped Spurs there in a top four battle against Liverpool as well, which is fantastic for us Arsenal fans. Oh, well, yeah, you're looking for He might start for you next season. Um, I think you maybe hope he does. Um, West Ham against Chelsea. Um, this was always going to be an interesting game. It was a West Ham's attack 2.4 against Chelsea's defence 1.4. So that was negative to West Ham. Chelsea 1.1 against West Ham's defence 4.1. So that was super positive for Chelsea attack. But it was a local derby and we couldn't quite decide what was going to happen. Um, I went for a 2-1 Chelsea win and you went for a nil-nil draw. And I think this is one that I think when we talked about it after the event... You ruined the presence of alcohol, did you, or something with your prediction? Yeah, so I remember, like, just even <laughs> while we were watching the screen before we even read them out, I was like, this is going to be the game that costs me this round. I was like, 
the fact that nil nil in this game just felt so off. Um, Ch- Chelsea kind of got the win here. I think that was something that's really woken me up to the fact that I think Chelsea could maybe even get themselves into this Champions League uh, winners' lounge by the end of the season. Um, it looks like for them, kind of defense first is working really well. They just basically starve the opposition, and the opposition can't do anything. Um, so like. There was zero big chances from West Ham. They had a 0.4 xG. Chelsea, on the other hand, they had ten shots in the box, three big chances, two xG. So it feels like they're just kind of starving their opposition every week. And we've now kind of seen the back-to-back clean sheets after um, a couple games where they conceded, where many had tripled up on their defence and they were shocked that they were defending against those opposition. But I don't think we have to worry about Chelsea. I think they're great defensive assets going forward. So. Um, I'd probably be weary of any of their attacks still. Um, I had a friend who had Havertz. Um, he got burnt by him getting zero minutes. He also owned Alonso, who also got zero minutes. Oh, God. He used to be top of our mini league. He's now fifth. And um, he had like an 18-point game week. So, it, you know, it's probably the worst game week of his entire FBL career. And going for Chelsea was kind of what did it for him. So I think Rudiger is very cheap. Uh, Mendy seems to be back in goal, but rotating keepers is a bit scary. Like, I don't really know what to think of this Chelsea. Like, I think they're great for this running, but bar Rudiger, there isn't really anyone I'm too keen on myself. What about you? Maybe Mason Mount. Maybe yeah, he's Mason the only Mount. certain starter, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I've got Dave Aspilicueta, um, who's now talking about this rumour he might be leaving at the end of the season, I noticed uh, in, the, in the press. Um, I'm hoping he's had his rest now and he's going to be okay for a few weeks. So I don't think I'm going to move him on. I don't think I need to. Yeah, um, and he played in a right wing back role, which was quite interesting because um, he's typically been playing in the back three, but he actually played in a wing back role this time around. So that was yeah. the first time we've seen that under the new manager yeah. with him not, not playing. Not to say he won't go back to that centre. No, no, of course. That, but... that right centre half. Uh, but I think no. if you own him, he's a steady keep. Um, I, 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 I just think if I was bringing one of them in now, I'd go for the one million cheaper. But yeah, if you've got uh, both, that's if, not a if problem. If you're a bit stuck on what to do in midfield, I think Mason Mount isn't the worst shout going forward. No, uh, I don't think so. I, I think West Ham-wise as well, what we will say is Lingard finally blanked. Um, if you've not seen Big Man Bakar celebrating, go check it out on Twitter. Um, it, it was. Moves uh, I viral. mean, those dance moves really put me to total shame. I'm going to have to find some dance moves of the Mariner a few years ago and put them on Twitter. We'll have a dance-off with Bakar. We're going to have to do this on the Game Week 38 stream if it happens. Um, the live stream? Yeah, let's have a dance-off. <laughs> yeah. We'll get him on and we'll have a dance-off. <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, my God. Have I just agreed to do a dance-off? No, not me. I'll tell you what, we'll, subst- we'll substitute Hibbo in. Yeah. I think Gabe's got the Latin moves. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. You've hit the nail on the head. It's Gabe. That that's whole representative, that's the person yeah. we're putting forward. <laughs> correct, correct, correct. Right, West, uh, Sheffield, Sheffield United against Brighton. Um, oh, God. This was always going to be one this of those was games. This is always going to be one of those games. I said I would, you know, I think I'd rather watch Pain I, Dry or something like I that. I brought in a Brighton defender in game week yeah. 29 with this game week in mind as well. I think I said, did I say I would rather watch Strictly Come Dancing? Yeah, I think, I think I did. so. Yeah. So Sheffield United 5.6 attack against Brighton 2.5. Um, Brighton 4.6 attack against Sheffield United 6.2. Yeah, well, I mean, what on earth? Um, Sheffield United won. I mean, what, what's going on? 
Yeah, they, so Sheffield United had like uh, five shots in the box, one big chance. It was 0.87 xG. Brighton, yeah. on the flip side, had like double and triple of everything. So they had 12 shots in the box, you know, compared to five. They had three big chances compared to one. They had a 1.76 xG compared to 0.87. You know, it was kind of almost like a reversion of Brighton back to their very best from this season where they've been kind of xG kings and just not been actually performing to any of those underlying stats i mean more missed two absolute sitters didn't he he did and also our good friends who've been listening to the show um we had a little debate earlier this season about i think it was vidra versus welbeck and i was saying just saved the 0.7 million um to be fair to the guy he did actually reply after the first game of owning Welbeck and said, I've made a mistake. And that was before Vidra had even played yet. So <laughs> since then, Vidra's got goals and uh, <laughs> Welbeck's continued with those steady two pointers. Um, I was wrong about his injury. Welbeck didn't get an injury for this game week like I thought he might, but <laughs> he, he still was a two pointer. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, look, it was it was a rather forgettable. I mean, I mean, Brighton's 12 shots in the box, three big chances crazy right yeah crazy. that is crazy i think shout out as well to um the hub guys i think it was a couple of them uh fergie and adam hopcroft a few of the guys on the green arrow podcast they um brought in i think it was keenan davis they were shouting him out and they were getting torn to shreds on their live stream when they mentioned he was in their wildcard draft and they said we fancy him to come on as a sub wesley isn't back yet you know he's out long-term injured maybe he comes on maybe that the week that he comes on for you off the bench he gets like a goal and I think it's just forever etched into history books now. Keenan Davis. Yeah. Why not? I owned him at one stage when I needed to get Kane in and when I was flip-flopping between Kane and Salah earlier in the season. And I think he got me a point. I remember binary, him from last season. Binary Davis. He was binary Davis up to... At least he uh, scored, right? He's basically everything Brewster was meant to be in the preseason. Well, Bruce, Brewster got two points this week. I mean, that's a victory. That that's in itself, yeah. For anyone who owns Rian Brewster, right? That is well done. You have got to. I finally got your points. You finally got off that binary run of uh, of, of points. Um, last I think one. Our next game is a bit of a strange one as well. Well, yeah. I mean, as a Vidra owner, uh, this seriously pissed me off. But Wolves. And uh, should I say, and bringing Raven uh, size in, you know, uh, despite probably perhaps. To be fair, just before we get this out, because FPL Bang has put a question on about this later on, so let's cover this one now, mate. Um, you know, he said thanks for putting us off Wolves. I'm not sure I quite I did because actually Wolves. He brought them happened. in after the podcast. Wolves, Wolves defense had improved because they were up to they were up to. Um, they were high up in the top six or something. Their defense was two point seven, right? They had improved a lot. I remember. I remember saying, "Oh, this is a big shout," but like, I think Wolves aren't getting any more clean sheets this season. I remember no, your face no. was so shocked, and you were like, "What do you mean? I'm bringing in size this week?" <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Anyway, not to worry. Um, that it was. It was awful. I think if awful. you own a size or Cody, like obviously it's a stick till the end of the season with those fixtures. But yeah, um, I'm just chucking him and leaving. I still right. feel like those two clean sheets that they got, like that's for the people who got them on game with 31 wildcard. Um, those people are the ones who made the most out of it. I, I don't see many more points coming Wolves' way. Um, I, I, I had a look at Podence as like someone to experiment with on a punt, but I, I'm just 
steering clear of Wolves. Like, if you're going to lose 4 0 to Burnley, um, I'm not that, interested. Was it Podence who did the flying dive in the box to to, to set the right to set the, uh, the, the scrap off? Well, to be honest, Traore should have been sent off, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not um, sure. I can't recall that one. I mean, goodness me, if that if that had gone down to 10 men, what would this score have been? I mean, well, uh, Burnley absolutely thrashed them. It wasn't even close. Four yeah, minutes. but Burnley had uh, three big chances, eight shots in the box. Um, Wolves only had the four shots in the box, zero big chances. It was a pretty dreadful game from them from an underlying point of view. Really bad. Yeah, really bad. We'll we'll keep moving because that, that was just so bad. And whilst we're on bad, let's go to the next game. Leeds against Banyu. Nil-nil. Who saw that coming? Not me. Clearly, because I captain Bruno. Um, the Leeds 3.4 attack. Man United 2.9. Defence, that is. Man United attack 1 against Leeds 3.8. Manchester United just not clinical, are they? Yeah, I was surprised as well to see Pogba out of the lineup. Um, I didn't expect to see... That kind of lineup with Cavani on the bench, Greenwood up top, Dan James and Rashford, who was also playing with Bruno as a ten. You you would kind of think that's a great game for Bruno without Pogba around to take up those advanced positions from him. But um, both teams had zero big chances, so similar to the Arsenal Everton game, bit of a crap game in terms of quality. Like there was just no real quality. Um, Bruno actually, I saw an interesting stat. He had five shots, but none of them were on target. So yeah, like. Bruno's had kind of the one penalty since um, against City, I think. That was his last like double-digit haul, and it was a penalty. And then like I think his last open-play goal was like in game week 26 against West Brom or someone. Um, he's kind of been disappointing, and I've held on to him like many because I got him at 10.5 million. He's 11.6 now. I think he's rapidly dropping. He's trending downwards, but um, we'll get to that in transfer trend soon. But... There's a lot of questions this week about is it time to sell Bruno and, you know, can Greenwood cover him and what do we do about United? I think the trouble is it looks like United could have a double game week in 35. It could be quite nice. Um, I'm not sure I'm quite ready to go Bruno-less for that, but equally kind of selling him this week for the likes of a bail just for one week. Can you then afford to buy Bruno back for another half a million? Like, I don't think I'll be able to afford him unless I then downgrade elsewhere on my wildcard in another position. So... Is Bell really worth losing half a million for one week? I, I don't know. I'll have a think. Um, you're an ex bail owner, so maybe you can steer me in the right direction in that segment. <laughs> He's still on the golf course, mate. For the uh, podcast listeners, there is um, a little handheld, I guess, well, it's leprechaun not, it's or. My, it's my. No, it's my driving. It's my uh, cover for my driver for my golf club. It's Hibbo, look. It's, it's, all oh, right, I ball. see. This, well, is, this is Gareth Bale. This is this is here as my golf club in the back of this uh, on the back of the uh, thing is for the uh, for the uh, an ode to Gareth Bale and the fact that I owned him when he was when he did nothing. <laughs> so anyway, um, but the good thing about it is the cat. Whenever the cat sees it, it leaps it, attacks it. You might see the cat might come in and all of a sudden go flying in the background of the air. Yeah. And things smashing behind me but anyway we, you know this we, game was we, definitely not a good one um both teams had below one xg and to be fair mate the cat attacking 
the Gareth Bale back might be more interesting than that game. But anyway, it was not entertaining. That's the same. No. I think oh, Leeds look a bit dreadful without yeah. um, Rafinha. I'm going to be. I'm. I'm. I'm going to crow here a little bit. I at least predicted a draw. Yeah, no, I did see that um, two-two, right? And I yeah, went two-one Leeds. Yeah. This was another one of the scores that definitely cost me the tie. Like, I, I, I don't know why I put Leeds to win. I just felt like it, <laughs> there was something that was calling out to me at the time. All oh, right. Anyway, next one. Uh, Villa against West Brom. Um, Villa attack four point seven. 19th rank against West Brom 3.5 uh, defense. West Brom 2.6 attack. Seventh against Aston Villa 4.2. I, I went for goals. I went for a local derby with goals, but I predicted a 1 1 draw. Um, you predicted a 2 0 win to Villa. It was a draw. 2 2. West Brom continue to create big chances. Yeah, they don't create many chances, but they create big chances. So, like, they had four shots in the box. Three of them were big chances. Yeah. 1.84 XG, you know, two goals. You know, Villa had, like, the most shots in the box of the game week with 16, um, but there was only three big chances. 3.2 XG. So, I think Villa will feel hard done by to not take all three points, but equally, they're in some ways, they're lucky to have even got the point because they're actually 2-1 down. And that last-minute equaliser, the... The Watkins assist, I know people are upset because he's obviously 30% plus EO and he got an assist for a, um intended destination cross as per the rules and Bowdens didn't get one for a similar one earlier in the season when I earned him. So I understand the bitterness of it does feel like these kind of assists are given at will and it does sometimes depend on the EO of players. Um, you know, let's not talk about, uh, what's the word, conspiracy theories, but... I think we'd all like more points in FPL and I played Bundesliga last summer and you know your kind of players got points for doing good stuff on the pitch that doesn't seem to be the case in official FPL much so I'm all for giving people more assists more goals and why not like you know give people points well I mean just one thing we'll have to check this out since it was called since Mr Carpenter was called out a few weeks ago he's gone on a pretty decent run I think yeah, like he's um, he scored for England. He scored for Villa. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been blocked in the meantime for. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah, but I it's good to know that I'm on the side of the talentless. Yeah, ab absolutely. I just think it's very strange, but I mean, it seems to be. It certainly seems to have had a motivating effect, shall we say? I think what we can agree on though is that <laughs> Dean Smith will never tell the truth about Jack Grealish. Uh, well, look. Let's Will we ever see about, him again? Let's yeah, not like, talk about <laughs> Dean Smith and his fantasy world, eh? Yeah, no, definitely. I think th this was a uh, good game for me as a gooner. Um, watching Villa drop points—that's how things have become. Um, in the mid-table battle, <laughs> the scrap for the top ten finish. Oh, crikey! Right, last last one then. Less overnight then. Obviously, given the uh, we're recording Tuesday morning in Singapore. Uh, Leicester, same morning, yeah. Two-one, uh, beat Palace. Surprised Palace scored, to be fair. Um, didn't look like it with respect to the uh, the fixture difficulty. 2.3 Leicester attack against 6.6 .6 Palace defence. And Crystal Palace 4.7 attack against Leicester 2.5 defence. That suggested a comprehensive win for Leicester. 
Uh, I predicted 3-0, you predicted 2-1. You got the right score uh, on this one. So well done, mate. Um, yeah, but, no, this was not enough for me to win the round, I don't think, when we get no, to that. No, it wasn't. So, we'll come to that in a second. But, um, you know, Leicester, nine shots in the box, one big chance, 0.91 XG. You know? Yeah, they were quite fortunate, I think, to win it when you look at the kind of numbers there. Palace, three shots in the box, one big chance, 0.53. I mean, there's not a lot of XG there. For, I've not seen the game, obviously. I was fast asleep when this was on, but... Um, I think half the Palace goes, team are making an appearance in the Hall of Shame today. Well, that's not unusual. Um, I think the only surprise, I think, is Eze perhaps isn't. Um, yeah, but, he made but, the assist. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, Leicester, I think this is going to affect their rankings equally. I think just going back up one notch, I think that Aston Villa will, that Aston, those numbers for Aston Villa will improve them. But I think this yeah. could burn Leicester a little bit with respect to my fixture difficulties. So it'll be interesting to see how it behaves going forward. I think forward. it wasn't the audition Madison owners were hoping for. Um, no. It, it uh, was the audition the Zaha prospective owners were looking yeah. for in case they get a uh, double. guess who owns Madison? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought he was in your team. Yeah. Enough said. Right. Anyway, so that's that. Let's move on. Uh, so let's look how we did. Well, it's 4-1 to the Mariners. Now, when who would ever hear that? You know, all um, one to the Mariner. Um, you owe me some beers. Well, you will do if I ever get back to London, which is looking more and more doubtful by the day. It looks but, like there's uh, only five weeks left, so I guess I'd have to win all of the next five consecutive weeks of predictions to win the drinks, right? I think we did double our quits on the last week. Oh. <laughs> That'd be a big one. The life, the life, <laughs> all ten games at once. On the live one, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, four one. So uh, let's keep going then. Um, it's always good fun. I like to predict it. We're not doing bad. It was five four this week, so we didn't. You only, we only got one correct score right. But again, you know, I predicted five results the right way. I guess yeah. I only predicted two results. Yes, you didn't do quite so well. <laughs> you work that one out for yourself. I'm taking my three pointer and my one pointer. <laughs> All right. So anyway, as we mentioned before, we have to look at the Hall of Shame. And as always, for the new listeners and for the new viewers, um, what we do here is we look at players who, with respect to statistics, have scored what's known as the Grand Slam of Shame, which means in a 90 minutes or shall we say, subbed after sort of 70 minutes, um, they have achieved 0 0.00 XG and 0.00 xa for attackers and midfielders so that's quite an achievement really to not have a single not even 0 0.01 of, of xg right so they've literally you know statistically done nothing so yeah who's done nothing this week well looking for the previous the, up till last night um let me run through them so we've got douglas lewis um, Aston Villa, uh, Dendonka from Wolves, Kante from Chelsea, Norwood from Sheffield United, Wijnaldum, Liverpool, Fabinho, Liverpool, Jorginho, uh, Chelsea. Um, have you noticed all these names we need Gabe to pronounce? Almiron, uh, yeah. Newcastle, 85 minutes. Had to get Miguel that. Almiron. Almiron. Uh, and then we've got 
Tyler Roberts and Jack Harrison from Leeds as well. Jack Harrison particularly, I wouldn't expect to see zero. Um, and again, was substituted early. Um, and then overnight, we've had a plethora of Hall of Shame additions. Perez, all bright and from Palace. And I mean, not all of them are expected to get XG, really. But Kuyate, Riedewald, Milovejevic, if I can pronounce it right, are you? I'm not surprised about that. Townsend, Schlupp and McCarthy. Uh, um, I will say some of them were like subs who played like eight minutes, 20 minutes. First. Yeah, so I mean, maybe we want to take some of them off because they were probably like the substitutes. But I think you get the drift. Crystal Palace are... They're going to seriously win the award for that. They are going to win the award for the Hall of Shame. Uh, you guys just wait till I triple up on them on my wild card when we come to my game week preview. They're going to, they're going to, get, the, they're going to get the team of the year in the Hall of Shame. They really are. And, and when we go on to the next thing, which is Troll of the Week, and just, just for the viewers' benefit, you'll see on the left-hand side of the screen, there's a little image of a troll. And that's a sneak peek of our rebranding, which actually will occur in the show on Thursday night. So uh, thanks to uh, F it's FPL Doodles, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it uh, is. Yeah. Design. So we'll do the big release on Thursday night. But you'll see we've got a new little troll image there just for, for everybody. So who who is or who are trolls of the week? Well, it didn't take me long to think about it had to be Brighton. I mean, how many people have held Brighton defenders from 1993 and you know, the, the free hitters, anyone who's free hit, you would have probably had a couple of Brighton defenders in your free hit or, or a goalkeeper and a defender in your free Future hit. Future Trossard owners as well. Trossard owners, Dunk owners, Welbeck owners, Veltmanians. Yeah. You know, and you know, this is an interesting one. And I heard this on uh, in in the uh, in the Twitter community. Someone posted this, and I, I stole it mercilessly, as usual. Content creators advise people all week that it's a good idea to play X or Y, and then hope to God they don't score or get a clean sheet when you don't own them. That was exactly where I was with Brian last week i've been talking about all week and i was delighted desperate for them to blank <laughs> i was delighted when they blanked. they're blank not all to me but they are to everybody else and um, mate what happened first of all mcgoldrick scored which is a miracle in itself but but what happened with respect to uh to that goal yeah so this was a bit of a crazy one i think voltman who you mentioned earlier he kind of pinball passed it back to his own teammate i think it was pascal gross that ricocheted off him as well then straight into the uh sheffield player mcgoldrick the whole thing was kind of a bit of a mess it just it just honestly did look like a pinball machine as we were saying um the boys are pinging around between brighton players until it landed on mcgoldrick's foot and basically gross just assisted him and uh voltman had the pre-assist the hockey assist it was it was kind of gifting a goal as they come i don't think many players could have missed that opportunity uh no it was it it was pretty bad so yeah so they get the troll of the week so uh okay um that's that section so let's keep going and now it's time nima to give you the um 
pass you the uh, let you do the steering for a few minutes in the uh, on our on our trawler and uh, if you want to have a look at the transfer trends for us great so um just to give anyone who's new a little preface so this is just an early week look at the kind of the market movement what's happening in the top kind of transfers in transfers out we're using fantasy football fix to look at the combinations that are most popular as well so i think that's always a little bit more insightful than just looking at the transfers going in and out so without further ado just going into the top transfers in we have sun with sixty-seven thousand. Ian Acho, Dallas, Kane, Wood, and Chilwell. Uh, Diaz and Lingard are the final kind of in the top eight coming in. In top transfers out, we have 95k sales of Stones, uh, 59k sales of Cresswell. Fernandez, Jota, Rafinha, Lacazette, Watkins, and Bamford are all being sold as well. So this is quite interesting. Um, in terms of what the combinations or trends we're seeing are, Essentially, a lot of people are jumping off of Fernandez. Um, they're either going to Salah for that great fixture run that they've worth coming up, as you say, or they're actually going to Sun because they want a piece of the kind of the Spurs versus Sheffield action. The other really popular combo that's been happening is actually people are moving off of Jota and they're moving to Sun as well. So, in terms of the top ten combos in all positions, um, it is mainly kind of Sun coming in for at least three of the ten combos. Kane is being brought in as well for a couple of the combos. I think some people did Kane to Vardy this week with the blank. They've seen Kane start in the FL Cup. They're buying him back. Those last few Noni and Acho owners are also buying him. And uh, people who sold the Leeds kind of players are getting back on that train. So we're seeing some Bamford and Dallas purchases. Um, Lacazette is making way as well, I must say, just with his injury. In terms of then moving on, so we look at the top 10 forward combos. This is a bit of a mess here. It's really basically people all moving to Kane to captain him, I imagine, for this Sheffield game. Or if they don't have Iheanacho, they're getting him. People who have Lacazette, he's injured, they're moving him on. People who went to Vardy for one week are moving back to Kane. Watkins is being sold off after his great blank fixture. And Wood is uh, making an appearance as well. Um, Cavani's also being sold for Wood. But um, it's interesting to see Wood here. I know Wood is a player who's quite controversial every season. He has big chances. His underlying stats are always quite decent. And I think it depends when you get on the train. Some people are very fortunate and get the 20-point hauls. Others just get five two-pointers in a row. So From Bidra. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But um, I'm not I think... I'm really not bitten <laughs> I think the fact that the top most popular combination of forwards is Vardy to Kane can only imply to me that people sold Kane to Vardy and are now using a second transfer to bring him back. But uh, moving... Well, yeah, what do you think about the forwards? Sorry, I was just going to say, Matt, I'm a bit surprised people are selling off Watkins. Yeah, he does make two of the top sales. So it's Watkins to Kane and Watkins to Iheanacho, the second and third most popular forward transfer combos. Um, I do find that a little bit odd. I'm, I was looking at selling Watkins myself this week. Um, I think it's Everton he faces away. Part of me was kind of thinking, I'm going to wildcard maybe in gaming 35. Like I could do Watkins to Bamford this week. You know, Bamford's playing Brighton. That could be quite interesting if Rafinha's back. But then I kind of thought, is it really worth it? Watkins could have a double game week. It could be quite nice. I'm now kind of looking at other positions that I might be able to kind of make a one-week punt in. But 
I am open to selling Watkins and it's good to see that I'm not the only one. Like he is being sold by other people too. Um, I think despite his steady returns, people feel quite underwhelmed by him. But the reality is he has a goal or assist like every week. So I don't know what more you expect from a budget striker, but clearly it's not enough for some people. No, and, and we'll come on to the, the fixture difficulties going forwards. But as I inferred, and I'll put it onto the screen when you finish, they are improving a little bit, Aston Villa. And Everton are not and Everton are no great shakes with respect to defence. And they're playing them twice, right? Yeah, so it'll be Everton and then I think is it United and Everton again? Yeah. I, I'm I don't know. There's just something even I wouldn't say I'd bring him in, but I don't know I'd sell him. Like we can see the people selling him for Kane. I get that if you don't have Kane. Yes, I do, way, like, I do as well. I get I that. If you're not going to captain Watkins, like maybe, uh, but uh, yeah, Nacho, maybe that's more of a defensive move. Maybe they're just genuinely scared of Kelechi. Like he's unstoppable right now. I think the other war, like the other kind of moves are mainly Lacazette being sold by a lot of people who brought him in as a punt and then he got injured. That's fairly obvious. I mean, the rest of them, I, feel, I think, are fairly obvious, aren't they? Yeah. For anyone who can't see this, by the way, if you're listening in podcast format, like there is some screenshots we're using. Um, you can check them out on the YouTube. They'll be on the Transfer Trends thread later on this week as well if you want to see them on Twitter. Just moving on to midfielders. So this is a lot kind of cleaner in terms of what the diagram looks like compared to the forwards this week. It is mainly just Fernandez to Son and Salah, Jota to Son. So we're actually seeing Jota make up about five of the 10 most popular sales in the 10 combos. Rafinha to Son is the fifth most popular combo. I find that quite interesting because I know Rafinha has played zero minutes in the last two games, but Bielsa is normally quite honest. And if he says anything that implies Rafinha's back or in team training, I'm actually considering bringing Rafinha in this week if that was the case against Brighton. So I wouldn't be selling him this early on in the week. He's actually sat um, injured on my bench. I, I, I fancy there's a couple of decent fixtures towards the, the fixtures turn again towards the end of the season. And I think, you know, Rafinha, I, I tend to agree with you. I think he's still a pretty solid hold, actually. If, yeah, I if, think as long as he's playing, like, go for it. If you, if, if you can Thompson. get him back later, like, you might sell him for this Brighton and Tottenham games, I think, they yeah. have coming up, and then it bring him back. how long he's out for. I mean, like you say, if we get the sniff that he's going to be fit, then, you know, I, I don't think he'd be moving anywhere, um, quite frankly. Um yeah, and I think yeah. just for the benefit of the listeners as well, so beyond the big names being brought in, so the kind of the Suns and Salas, there is a few kind of rogue combos with Lingard, Pereira and Madison, if you can't see that on the screen. So <coughs> midfield, people are bringing... Oh. My fault, uh, sorry. I'm, oh, I, no worries. I was in a coffin fit. I muted the wrong person. Sorry, <laughs> man. Do you want to repeat no it? Worries. Yeah, so just to say Lingard, Pereira and Madison are the only other three kind of main combos transfers being made outside of the big obvious ones so i think some people are attracted by west brom's kind of battle to the end of the season i guess they're not mathematically relegated like i doubt they can survive but everyone wants the kind of underdog story and fulham was our first underdog but they failed miraculously so now we're looking to see if someone else can take their part in west brom Just the final defenders to wrap up. This is complete chaos. Um, oh, bloody hell. Look at the state yeah. of that. The so spiders spiders stones the being screen. sold. Yeah, it's basically stones being sold. So it's like six of the ten most popular combos are stones being sold. Um, it's interesting to see Cody in here. I do wonder, like, if the people selling him only had him last week for the 4-0. 
or if they did get the two clean sheets out of him. Um, the way transfer trends normally works is quite reactionary. So I wouldn't be surprised if half of those Cody people who are selling him for Dallas only had him this week and now they're selling him already. Uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, Coleman is also being brought in, interestingly. I think he's quite cheap. Dallas is actually the most popular purchase in here. And uh, Castagna is quite a nice one in there. Kufal, Holding, Diaz. So there's a kind of... Lost you. Baffled by that, if I'm frank. I lost you for a second. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying Shaw is being sold. So that's a bit of a weird one. Um, He's being sold for Dallas. I get the Dallas transfer in, but there must be another defender you can sell instead of Shaw. Phillips has been underwhelming. I think we were hoping a four million starting Liverpool centre back like that seemed a bit more exciting at the time. Yeah, but yeah, in general, it's just kind of Stones being sold, Phillips being sold. Not sure why Shaw is being sold, and Cody is being kind of knee jerked in and out. But um, if you don't have Dallas, this is quite an exciting time to get him. He seems to have been playing midfield every week for a while now, so I'm sure his next goal is just around the corner. Yeah, I might have to bring him back in, actually. I think that's actually one of the moves. I, I always planned on bringing Dallas in for the running. Um, this size move, look at that little line up to size in the top of that, that graphic. That's me. Who's <laughs> It's from stones to size, it looks yeah, like. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was the, I was the Dallas to Rodiger move. Um, oh, God. I just hate this game sometimes. I really now don't. I want Dallas back. Maybe I saw concert Kufal, who knows? But yeah, so there's the transfer trends this week. Um I think the main takeaway um is that you should wait till later in the week. There's Champions League games. I don't know why people always make their transfers this early. Don't be the people who cost other people their moves by 0.1 million because you move too quick. Yeah, only nice. five weeks be to go. Kind. Just hold out. Yeah, just be patient, yeah. just hold out till Friday. <laughs> Just don't do anything. Still, I, I don't want to make my moves early. <laughs> I could go. I have exactly the right money to go from Madison to Sun back, and I'm just wondering whether, given Madison was apparently pretty bad according to him, whether I just jump straight back off that and keep Bruno because I can go for it to Sun by Bruno down or Madison up. You got both. Really? Yeah. So you just yeah. got to wait and see how the week plays out. Yeah, but I'm not sure I can if I if I get right now. That's true. Um, all right, so back to me, I think, mate. Um, if you're done, um, yep. so let's move on to the fixture difficulty prior to this week. So this is now updated. So now we're starting to talk about what sort what we're looking at for now and going forwards. So obviously you've got your greens and your reds as usual, um, and we're ranking. Again, 1 to 20. So let's look through attack. Um, and for the benefit of the podcasters, I'll read them. For listen, people listening to podcasts, I'll read them out. So we've got Liverpool at the top now, 0. 0.9. Leicester, 1.2. Chelsea, 1.8. Man U, 1.9. Man City, 2.1. Followed by Newcastle and Everton. Newcastle right up there. And at the bottom, Sheffield United, 5.8. A mile off everybody else now. Palace 4.4, Fulham 4.3, Wolves 4.2, Spurs 4.1. They are not looking great with respect to fixture difficulty. Um, And defence, 
Man City top 1.1, Chelsea 1.5, Leicester 2.1, United 2.2, Brighton 2.3. And at the bottom, Palace 6.6, an improving Sheffield United 6.1, 5.5 West Brom, Burnley 5.1, Newcastle Southampton 4.9 and Spurs again showing there as 4.7. Fixture difficulty doesn't like Spurs, mate. Their underlying numbers are not good. Yeah, I think, but I think this was the case in double game with 26. It was the case in double game with 32. They still, still all, they got the best captaincies for the double game weeks. Like, yeah. they're playing Sheffield. I'm not going to overthink it. Like, I'm captaining I, Spurs. <laughs> I think you're probably right. I think you probably, it might be a good week to go against these numbers potentially. But what it does show is that they are patchy they are you know they they may come up with if Kane is on his metal and Pete, there's questions as to whether he is or not if Kane is on his metal he'll put that chance away but they're not creating many chances yeah That's I think they're severely missing a like a creative attacking mid um, I think they never really replaced Ericsson and Kane and Son are in the form of their careers they haven't had their standout years in terms of numbers of goals and assists both the team as a whole just doesn't look like a well-oiled machine, I would say. Um, they, they don't make many chances. And I'm not convinced 29-year-old Ryan Mason like has the tactical now of like an elite Premier League manager. So no. I don't really know what's going to go on here. But, you know, he's only like two years older than Kane. Like, I, I don't really know like what they were thinking, sacking the only manager who has ever beat Pep in a cup final five days before a cup final against Pep. Um and then they played, I don't know if this makes sense, but like they basically played the most Mourinho way imaginable five days after sacking Mourinho, like one shot on target, two shots in the box in a cup final. No, not just the box, just two shots, sorry. Two shots, one shot on target. And then, you know, Mura, their most creative player, what does Mason do? Sub him off first. Then they need someone who can get the ball forward from midfield. Do they bring on the Celso? No. Do they bring on any of those guys? No, they bring on Sissoko. And, you know, I thought the has been pretty good all year. So, again, like, it's just, I have no idea. So, not Lesosa, I mean Ndombele even. Ndombele's been great all year. And I thought he'd be the one they bring on as a ball carrier going forwards. And they brought on Sissoko. And I'm pretty sure it was, was it Sissoko who then didn't jump to stop Laporte from scoring the header? Like, he got beat by Laporte for the header. So, you know, like, I don't know what, like, if that's anything to go by, Ryan Mason's in-game management and lineup selection and putting on Bale, who did nothing for Mura, who was their best player. Like, it Kane rushing back with no team training. Like, I, I see what you mean. Like, for did me, you, I'll keep Kane. Did you, just say, you just said, let's not overthink this. And you've just overthought it for three no, minutes. No, 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 not for this week. I'm saying that the metric is right. But not for this week. In-game management. Oh, his in-game management is rubbish. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he's not, like, he's younger than me, right, Mason? Like, Fair I'm way. not fit to run a Premier League club. I don't he's think he is. Players quite like him, by all accounts. He's been around the team for a while. And I did read that. But no, I mean, just as we move on to the fixtures themselves, mate, I think the numbers, you know, if we have any doubt on Kane, I think... Those numbers do worry me a little bit. I'm probably going to be going that way myself, but those I can see the appeal of selling Sun. I think after the Sheffield game, 
Possibly. But I think I would want to keep Kane. I think the numbers would only make me not want to double up rather than ditch Spurs altogether. Yeah, and I'm still thinking whether I bring Son back. And that's the other thing. Is that that's a decision. tough decision, and he's one of the most popular transfers in, isn't he? Yeah, it is quite tough. So that's that's he's my tough. He's the number one most transferred in player actually so far this week. Yeah, great. Anyway, maybe they're not looking at our metrics then. Probably not. Um, uh, let's look at the game week predictions then for game week 34. We'll rattle through these. Yeah, so let's get through these quickly. Everybody. Um, so we'll start with Southampton against Leicester. Uh, Southampton attack 3.1, Leicester 2.0 defence. So that's positive for Leicester's defence as usual. Leicester attack 1.9 against Southampton 4.9. Very positive for Leicester um uh attack um i think southampton are targetable uh i've gone for a three nil win uh for leicester and you've gone for a two one win yeah I, I just don't kind of expect them to keep the clean sheet personally um i think ings is going to get on the score sheet hopefully is he back yeah i think so like i i know he scored the goal is just the other game but Unless he's had any complications, I don't know about. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'll have to double check that. I, think I want. I want to tell the show he was back. I have to check that myself. Anyway, um, I dare say someone will comment that we've, we we don't know what we're on about. <laughs> or one of us, anyway. Um, next one, Man uh, Crystal Palace against uh, City. Obviously, says says what it is on the tin, right? It's a massive matchup for uh, in favour of Man City. So, Palace attack four point seven against one point one defence. Uh, ranked one city and and city's attack has gone off the boil a little bit 2.1 but still massively better than 5.5 crystal palace defense so i see nothing more than a hammering um i just can't work out which one to pick i uh, I, dare, I, I dare the listeners to um tweet us who they would captain from city if they didn't yeah. captain a spurs player absolutely in the yes. lead up to the captaincy and matchup show on Thursday's live stream, um, really interesting from the listeners. Really interesting yeah. to know, won't it? Because I have to say, there's some really funny. There's, there's if you could get the right city asset, you could be onto an absolute haul this week. It, it does. It does also remind me a little bit too much of the same conversation about City versus Leeds, if you remember. Oh yeah, uh, and we saw how that one panned out. Um, Let's hope the one-week punts for people go better against Palace. Oh, God. I don't know what to do about that one at all. Uh, Brighton against Leeds. Um, Brighton, not mathematically safe, four against Leeds, 2.9. Um, and Leeds attack, 3.9 against Brighton, 2.3. Um, two reasonable defences, two average at the moment, attacks. Maybe Leeds are suffering a little bit from no Rafinha. Um, I'm not sure I see too many goals. I've gone for a 1-1 draw and you've gone for a 2-1 Leeds win. Yeah, I am starting to be a bit more concerned. I feel like this is going to be the one that I come back to again next week and I think this is the one that cost me the beers. Um, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that Brighton can score many, but equally I do think both teams will score. I think 1-1, what you've gone for, seems the most realistic for me, but Equally, I'm kind of banking on Rafinha being back, which is why I've gone for the two-one. But he may very. I'm not well letting you change it. I'm not letting you change it. No way. Yeah, no, no I can't change it. It's too late. No, 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 definitely not. Next one: Chelsea against Fulham. Chelsea one point eight attack against Fulham defense four point three. Again, very positive. Fulham Fulham attack four point three 
against Chelsea attack uh, Chelsea defense sorry 1.5 again very positive local derby that's the one thing just down your street just down your road mate um I think Fulham might score I've got a horrible feeling they will I've gone 3-1 and you've gone 2-0 yeah, I, I just can't see anyone scoring against Chelsea. I know they have conceded against some of the other weaker opposition too, so maybe Fulham is one that can get them. But for me, Fulham just haven't been clinical at all this year. And I think what little hope they had of surviving relegation is gone. So I, I reckon that's going to be enough to kind of send them off a cliff and just, I, I can't see them scoring. I think 2 nils might go. No, I, it's fair enough. I just funny. I've just got that feeling about the local derby. Otherwise, I've gone. I've just put that goal in because it's a local derby. That's the only reason. I think. I think you generally look at the numbers and you would predict it two nil, three nil. Yeah, I think you'd argue that Fulham is the real local club of that area, and yeah, Chelsea it, is a club. They want to do something against them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like proper turf wars there. <laughs> It is, yeah, absolutely. And then we've got Villa against Everton, first of a double uh, of two two reviews on these this fixture in the next few weeks. Um, Villa attack has improved 3.9 against Everton defence, 4. Everton attack, 2.9 against Aston Villa defence, 4.3. So, basically, again, you've got two pretty average defences against an a below a sort of like an average and a slightly above average attack in Everton. I think Everton can sneak this 2-1 and you've gone for a 2-2 draw. Yeah, I, I keep thinking that Villa's numbers have dropped off a bit. So I know that they're probably like a lot lower on the attacking side of the metric, but I think they've got enough quality in the team overall to get through this. I think some players have been out of form, like Barkley. Um, he's gone from hero to zero real quick this season. But I don't think they even want to keep him long-term anymore when before he was insanely good at the start of the year. But I I'm still confident that Villa can score some goals. But as you say, I also think Everton um, is looking quite exciting for them as well. Like They've got most of their players fit and firing again. Calvert-Lewin's back. Um I just expect a lot of goals in this game. I'm, I'm hoping for a 2-2 as a neutral. Um, I want something entertaining. It could be a good game. It could be a good game. And look, let's face it, Villa are creating chances. They certainly created chances last week. So, uh, yeah, yeah, 16 could, shots in the box. It could, be a good, it could be a really good game. Um, let's look at the other ones then. Newcastle against Arsenal. Uh, Newcastle attack now 2.7 against Arsenal defence 3. And Arsenal 3.5 attack against Newcastle 4.9. Um, again, average defences. Um, Newcastle improving significantly now in attack, I would say. Um, and Arsenal three. And Arsenal, yeah, okay. Um, two two draw for me. I see goals. Um, I see goals in a lot of games this week. Um, and you've gone for two one. Arsenal win. Yeah, although it is after the Thursday night game and. Arsenal have lost like six out of seven of their matches after a Thursday night game this season. So maybe that is wishful thinking for a win. Yeah, maybe, maybe you maybe should have thought you should have thought of that one as well. That one come come back and on. So I put that big red cross there now. It's sat in the top yeah. of the screen, but waiting to wait. Yeah, well, when Newcastle win and we both get a big red cross. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Man United against Liverpool. What a game this should be or could be. I'm not sure it will be, but Manchester United one point nine attack. 
against Liverpool defence, 3.7. No great shakes, Liverpool defence. Um, Liverpool um, attack 0.9, play, you know, potentially due to go completely crazy at any moment, in my opinion, uh, against Manchester United defence, 2.2. Um, goals again? I'm just not sure Liverpool are going to go crazy this week. I, I think Manchester United might sneak it. 2-1. Um, and you've gone for a 1-1 draw. Yeah, so I, I would have gone for 0-0, but then a part of me felt like if it was earlier in the season, that would have probably been realistic. But I think both teams have a lot to play for. Like United are 10 points behind with five games to go. Maybe they think if they can beat Liverpool and City can slip up somewhere that will kind of be their chance to maybe think, oh, let's let's keep going for this kind of title challenge. Like, it's not mathematically impossible, right? Yeah. Equally, Liverpool are desperate for a top four, and I think dropping those points that they did the way they did this week, um, they're going to be hungry. So I'm expecting them both to score, but I don't think either have enough to win it. No, I just see the only outlier I see there out of three really, really good uh, units, you know, Liverpool's uh, both Man United and Liverpool's attack are good units. Manchester United defense is a good unit. The only good unit, the, the only outlier I see is Liverpool defense, and that's why I think Manchester United might sneak it. Uh, because I just think you know, Liverpool possibly they do push on. You know, Trent's not known for his defensive uh prowess, but he is well known for what he can do at the other end of the field, and I think Trent owners shouldn't be worried about it. Uh, because I still think he can get something this week, but I'm just not I sure. So. It's never nice seeing your defenders starting against no, United. I'm away. I'm used to that by now, anyway. Um, next one here's the big one Spurs against Sheffield United. But look at the red on the screen Spurs 4.1 attack against Sheffield United 6.1. It's a good job Sheffield United are really bad, right? Because otherwise, yeah, this is always favorable for Spurs, yeah, yeah, and Sheffield United. Uh, attack 5.8 against Spurs 4.7. Um, I've gone for a 3 0 Spurs win. You've gone for a 4 0 Spurs win. But I'll tell you that 4.7 defensive rank for Spurs, I think I might have got that wrong. I think maybe at least one can see I think yeah. it could be 4 2 or 3 2. Yeah. Uh, just, do you know what? Who knows? Could Brewster <laughs> finally score? This could be the game. Um, this is going to be this is going to be the equivalent of the Sheffield one 0 win against Brighton, when it's Sheffield win one 0 again. Uh, it's something strange. I mean, I mean, I hope for God it doesn't. Because if you're Captain Kane, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> but... well, maybe I'm just trying to put doubt in everyone's minds as I start like, getting towards but, the preview and my city captaincy options. But, but if you're listening, guys, if you're listening, come to this. Um, Come to this uh, slide, you know, one hour six fifty one, just to, to, to timestamp it. Um, have a look at that. They are red. The whole fixture is red. This is two teams who the fixture difficulty ranking does not like at all. Ranked sixteen of the the twentieth Sheffield United for both attack and defence, and Spurs ranked sixteenth for attack and fourteenth for a defence. <laughs> Terrible. Let's see whether it's right or not. Um, next one, West Brom Wolves, local derby. Another one. Seems like they're getting thick and fast. It's a shame. I do, I do like the West Midlands derbies. Um, West Brom, 3.2 attack against Wolves, 3.4. They dropped it, dropped from 2.7 to 3.4 in one week. That's 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 fair going. Um, Wolves 
attack 4.2 against West Brom 5.5 defence. I mean, look, Wolves on a normal day, you know, defence is far better than it was against Burnley. Um, but West Brom are improving, and I think playing with no fear, I just see goals. I see a two-two draw, uh, honestly. And you've gone for a one-nil West Brom win. Yeah, that's just based solely on I think Johnston's heroics. Um, I think True. he's like made the first or second most saves in the Premier League this season. So I'm expecting Wolves to not be very clinical, and I'm hoping, maybe it's wishful, that Johnston can get like a very nice game with nine saves, bonus, the lot. It might it might be an interesting shout if he turns up at a different team next year, you know. Yeah, I think he's quite an exciting. Wasn't he a yeah. Man United player? And they're looking for another goalkeeper again. Right. There's talks of him maybe going back. Oh right. I didn't mm. know that. Oh, well, if that's the case, he might sit as a sub to uh to Dean Henderson and yeah, because yeah. is probably gone. Well, that might buggers that one up then, perhaps. Um but Burnley against West Ham to finish us off, mate. Um Burnley uh, 3.4 against West Ham 4.4. That's attacking against defence. So positive for Burnley attack now over West Ham defence, probably with all the injuries and suspensions and everything flying around. Um, and West Ham 3.4 attack against Burnley defence 5.1. Um, Burnley's defence still no great shakes. Um, West Ham have been playing pretty well in general, albeit, yes, they've got some injury problems. I think West Ham can beat Burnley uh, 2-1. And you've gone for a 1-0. Yeah, I, I, I'm still a bit worried about Lingard because I still don't own him. Um, so this is definitely a bit of a worrying watch for me. Um, I do have Kufal though, so that, that that's something that maybe he can get like an assist or a goal yeah. or a clean sheet. I'm, I'm not sure I see a clean sheet from uh, West Ham. Again, I just think there's uh, is dot. I mean, there's I'll have to double check on, but they've still got some. They've still got injury problems. They've got another sending yeah, so. off. Wayne got sent off, didn't they? So yeah. I think they're 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 down to bare bones. I think so. It could be interesting if Chris Wood turns up. If you know Chris Wood uh, turns up again, you watch. I'll have Vidra on the bench and he'll score. I guess we're both expecting a West Ham win either way. It's just the clean sheet shout. I agree. I agree. Okay, so that's that section, mate. Let me come back to your team. We'll quickly do the two teams, and then we'll get then we'll get onto the questions, and then get out of here. Perfect. So uh, here we go. So I'll put you back on screen. So uh, what are you doing for? Uh, what's your plan for uh, game week? So I have one free transfer and 0.1 million in the bank. Um, I do have a wild card still, so I'm looking to probably wild card in 35. So I'm looking to make a one week punt. I'm not quite sure what to do because I don't have much money in the bank for this one week punt. So my team lines up for anyone listening who can't see the screenshot. I have Johnston in goal against Wolves, Ariola on the bench against Chelsea. I have Rudiger against Fulham, Kufal against Burnley, mm -hmm. Trent against United. Um, midfield, I have Salah against United, Fernandez against Liverpool, Son against Sheffield as my vice captain, and Gundogan against Crystal Palace, who I've held on to. I have Kane captain against Sheffield, Watkins against Everton, Ian Atch against Southampton. Martinelli first on the bench against Newcastle, Concer against Everton, and Dunk against Leeds is my bench. The kind of early moves I'm looking at are Bruno to Bale, Bruno to Mares, Bruno to Sterling, any of those kind of moves just for a one-week punt, but I would lose half a million on Bruno when I then look to wildcard in 35. 
I don't think I want to go without Bruno if there is a double game week for Man United. Another option is if it feels like Gundogan might not play in the Premier League based on his Champions League minutes and having played 90 in the FA Cup. I could do Gundogan to Rafinha should Rafinha be fit. So Rafinha against uh, Brighton. Another option is Watkins to Bamford. So kind of get out of Watkins against Everton, get into Bamford against Brighton. That doesn't feel great. And the final one is I could do Trent to Castagna for the week. So Castagna against Southampton instead of Trent against United. And when our wild card in 35, bring Trent back. So I don't feel like there's kind of too many options, really. Um, the only one that gives me an exciting move is, I reckon, the Fernandez to kind of Bale or Fernandez to Sterling or Mares. That's that's the most exciting move I can see here, but it will cost me half a million. And I will have to make a real important decision. Like, if I'm not going to captain that player, is it worth two transfers or mine, you know, kind of losing half a million? I, I honestly don't know. It's a bit of a tough one. Yeah, it's uh, it is, isn't it? And I think the the, the Bruno issue is a like you say, it's an exciting move. You as a wild card, at least you've got your wild card in your pocket, so you perhaps can can go back to him. Whereas I, I guess I could get the half a million back from downgrading Ariola to a three point yeah, nine million keeper. Right, exactly. like, I have a way of getting the money back for exactly. Him, like... It's not like me, and I'll just switch to me now, and uh, you'll see my lot and. Uh, and yeah, at the moment, this is showing actually that I've taken Bruno out for Son. Um, but that's by no means certain. Um, so at the moment, I'll run through my squad because I've not selected it yet because I haven't even had a chance to think about it. I've got Martinez and Ariola. I've got Aspilicueta, TAA, Shaw, Sice and Tozin. Uh, Tozin's going to sit. He's got a couple of reasonable fixtures. He's got Burnley, Southampton, and Newcastle coming up towards the end. So you never know. Um, I might be calling on him off the bench at some stage. Um, I've got Madison in midfield, who, like Hibbo said, he had a shocker. Um, Salah, Lingard, um, Bruno at the moment, and Rafinha. Uh, and up front, Vidra, Iniacho, and Kane. So I'm not too unhappy with this team now, Nima. Um, I think it's going in the right direction. I've just got to decide what to do with Bruno. Now, I could hold him, not transfer Son in, keep Madison against what I think is a decent matchup against Southampton, roll a transfer and then decide what to do with respect to the blank and double game week next week, um, you know, and then have two free transfers in my hand. That's a bit of a calculated risk. But... Is it also a calculated risk taking Bruno out in front of a in front of a potential double game week? The answer to that is yes. That's also a risk, right? Yeah. I so think whatever so. way I go about this, this is a risk. I think the safe move is Madison to Son actually, but I could get priced out of that. Um, very complex, very complex situation. I don't think I'm going to do anything with a back four or back five for now. I think, you know, Sice has still he's got West Brom. He's got Brighton. Brighton couldn't have banned off from a yard, could they? But they might do against Wolves. Um, you know, Shaw, yes, he's playing Liverpool. I think the big challenge is I've got four players playing each other with Shaw, TAA, Salah and Bruno at the moment. So that needs it. it, it I'm not quite sure what I want from that fixture. Uh, so, yeah, that's where I am at the moment. Probably Kane captain. Um, I think you did. You say Ken? 
you say you think you yeah rob the kane captain yeah i think yeah. i had it on sun captain and then yeah. as soon as the flag was removed off kane i went back to kane captain. in the actual is a good differential i think still uh, that's a good fixture against um and uh, i'm not objectionable to a lingard against Burnley. quite frankly i wouldn't be too objectionable for that either um but we'll see so should we have a quick look at the questions mate yeah um, let's go do some so let's just put the questions up and so we'll try and cover these uh fairly quickly um so the first one is from uh fpl Mac, uh good a good friend and good supporter of the net that whole show um is it time to sell bruno if so what are the options well we're not sure whether it's time to sell him if you were Nima, can you give us a list of uh, maybe two or three who you might consider selling him for? I think if you don't own Sun, Sun is a real option. I, I do like the idea of doing something like a downgrade, even so you could go all the way down to someone like a Madison that you have for a couple of games for the double if they get that. I also like um, kind of bail as a real one week punt. I don't think I condone having him for longer than that. But yeah, I'd say kind of Spurs against Sheffield, I'd be targeting that. I'd be targeting Madison against Southampton. I think that's a good game. Be beyond that, my problem with selling Bruno is there doesn't seem like a suitable kind of long-term alternative. I guess if you don't own Salah, I, I like Bruno to Salah. Like yeah. that's the only long-term sideways move I can think of in the premium to premium move set. But there's not much that excites me with like the replacement options. No. And I've talked up Mane in recent weeks, but I wouldn't go Bruno to Mane this week. And I probably wouldn't go Bruno to Mane if they have a double either, with that double in mind. But I might consider it later. Yeah, I think Bruno back. out in 36. Yeah, after the maybe double, that. Maybe yeah. for the final three weeks, I can stomach that. Um, yes. If I sell him this week, it will just be for the one week and I'll be wildcarding him back for the double to then maybe sell him again in 36. But... I definitely think he isn't a kind of lock in your teams. I think for a long time, there's been a bit of FOMO and we've all held on to him a bit too long, similar to the Salah situation where Salah went through the stretch of like one return in 12 games. And I think with Bruno, it's similar where we shouldn't look too much at the past results of Bruno. That's not going to determine his future. Like he will get points again. He will score again. The clever Bruno people were the ones who sold him four or five weeks ago before the blanks. Um, now is not the time to sell him, I don't think, personally. Okay, so the next question was from uh, FPL Banger. Um, good call, Nima, re last week about not wanting to bring Wolves defenders. I've changed that. <laughs> it's a good call. I didn't. He didn't say Nima in there. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, because you actually brought in size. <laughs> I brought size in. I actually posted it in our group chat. This sort of setting me up here. Fix. Um, question about Leeds defence how do you like Leeds defence for the rest of the season they seem to have tightened up a lot and conversely the attack seems a bit more toothless with no Rafinha I pretty much agree with that but I think the only Leeds defender I would contemplate would be Dallas what about you yeah, I think Dallas is the only one I'd be looking at. He's up to 5.2 million now. Um, what I will say is, like, we've all kind of had preconceptions about Leeds conceding a lot of goals in the style they play. 
But um, I did see a tweet from uh, Zofar, actually, from The Wire, and he said that Leeds have only conceded a total of two goals in games against Man City, Man United, Chelsea, and Liverpool. So that's, you know, five of the biggest teams in the country, and Leeds have only conceded two goals in those games, and they've played half those teams twice. So actually, like, maybe there has been an approach change from Bielsa. And remember we were saying in the last episode where he said he's not been practicing defending, and I said it doesn't add up. Like, a team can't defend that well together if they're not practicing that on the training ground, and I was sceptical. I'm even more sceptical now. I, I think Leeds have definitely been practicing defending. I mean, look, Bielsa is a great, is a great manager. He's a great manager. You know, anyone who can crouch down for 90 minutes... I don't know yeah. how he squats that whole We're game. We're doing that competition in the end of the season as well. We're going to do the... We're going to do the See how long we're, my kneecaps will fly off each in each direction. I guarantee you. But no, I, I think fair play. Um, but I do think I do think Dallas is the only option um, for there. But I think yeah, um, I think they have tightened up. Um, Shalish, uh, I uh, so at the eleven Red Devil, the eleventh Red Devil on Twitter. God, that takes some reading out. Is it time to move on from premium mids? I think uh, to premium attacks. Bruno Tavardi and Kane already in the team. Um, I don't think that I, I I mean I didn't see the game overnight, but Vardy, how did he look? But I'm I'm not quite sure about Vardy still. Yeah, I'm I'm not convinced on Vardy. Um Vardy had kind of the one golden assist in game week 32 against West Brom. So he worked <coughs> 10 pointer then. And then he had his 13 pointer in the 5-0 against Sheffield with the free assist. But then you have to go all the way back to game week 25 to see his last assist, game week 24, his last goal, then like another seven game weeks before that for an assist. Like, I think people got a bit too carried away with his results against West Brom and Sheffield. Like, these were teams I would expect Leicester to thrash and Vardy to do well in. I, I wouldn't be moving a premium mid for Vardy personally. Like, I think Ian is enough. A lot of people are punting on both Ian Acho and Vardy. I'm not convinced. I think. The time to do that was a few weeks ago when there was more good fixtures for Leicester. Um, I know they have a double coming up, but I'd rather have Bruno for his double than lose him at, to get a Vardy. Um, I think Kane is enough for me in the premium up top. I, I, I don't really like Vardy. Some people might, but the reality is, let's just quickly summarise that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So in like 11 game weeks, he has two goals and two assists. Like, I don't think that's very exciting to me. Me neither. Me neither. I agree with you completely. I wouldn't move him at the moment. Uh, Vindra Raj, um, Liverpool's fight for the top four, if it's even still alive in brackets, sees them face Southampton, West Brom, Burnley and Crystal Palace, who are teams motivated to stay in the Premier League. Backward motivations, triple up on Liverpool, yay or nay? I think they can definitely still get top four. Um, I don't think it's outside the reach that Chelsea or Leicester would go on like a two to three game losing streak. Um, it is possible, like crazier things have happened, right? Um, we all remember the Aguero moment of yeah. 2012. Um, crazy things happen all the time. But um, no, in, in reality, I think if it was me, I, I would be looking to get teams that are fighting for top four. So I do like Leicester assets, West Ham assets, Liverpool assets, Chelsea assets, like... Those are teams I would be targeting heavily because I feel like they're the ones with the most to play for this season. And especially with the implosion of the Super League, 
for someone like Liverpool, that's really embarrassing. And yeah. if they can't, you know, like they're gonna now be thinking we tried to make our own version of the Champions League, it imploded. Now we need to get back into the Champions League. So yeah. I, I, I'm pretty confident of a double or triple up with Liverpool. Like I would have. We, we always see at the end of the season when teams are on the beach. Perhaps maybe Palace will be on the beach by 30. Yeah, they're almost certainly on the beach now. Perhaps. Burnley will be on the beach, I expect. West Brom will be down. Southampton will be on the beach. Um, or or, or in I mean, look. Are we looking at a couple of five nils, six nils, even something ridiculous? We do see them occasionally in game week 37 and 38, don't we? Seven or eight nil. Yeah, like I, I remember uh, Spurs losing to a 10-man relegated Newcastle 5-1 or something on the last day of the season to lose Some a top Really four strange position. things can happen, right? Weird things. Like, suddenly, like, a relegated team that has no fear and it's the last day they're, they're going yeah. to the championship next year and they're like, I'm just going to batter this team that wants yeah. the European spot because they're going to attack me and then we're going to counter-attack them five times with 10 men. Like, why not? But, but equally, you know, that's why I quite like the idea of Mane from 36 because I think those three <laughs> fixtures... It could be crazy. They could go bonkers. It could be a bloodbath. Um, and, and, they don't have, and they don't have any like cup ties to worry about in the midweek, um, right? So it's just the Premier League. Could be a complete bloodbath. A, a total bloodbath. Um, I right, think I'd okay. still go Salah and Jota, though, personally. I don't think I'd invest in Mane, but it's, it's just double the down. price, right? It's so it's expensive. Just if, I'm moving down from, if I'm moving from Bruno, if I'm tempted to lose Bruno, Mane... And if you're not going to do anything with the extra money, yeah. Uh, Exactly. Um, I'm not, I, I still think uh, Mane is not doing great, uh, I'm afraid. As much as I like the idea of him, he's, he seems to be off the boil. Um, there was a question about picking our combined 11s for teams uh, with motivations for the running, but I, I don't know if you want to cover that now, just roughly with what I think. Yeah, I think a rough answer why. because we are definitely getting uh, on in the pod, aren't we? But we can continue yes. this on the live stream as well. Um, so we said like just those teams that we just mentioned right now, right? So they're the teams with stuff to play for. So I think kind of two to three Leicester players, um, one Chelsea player, at least a defender, I think. Double Man United, I like. So I think I like a Shaw and a Bruno or a Shaw and a Greenwood or a Greenwood and a Bruno, any kind of combination like that. I, I do like triple Liverpool. I do like... Uh, this is my rogue shout, is triple Everton. I think... A defender plus their strikers. So something like a Calvert-Lewin, a Coleman and a Sigurdsson. I think that as a triple when they've got the double game week and stuff, like that's pretty exciting. They also don't blank in 36. So I think the idea that they could have a double and not blank, that's pretty appealing to me. And I'll definitely be looking to differentiate with triple Everton as my way forward through this kind of final stretch of the season. So just to finalise, triple Everton, triple Liverpool, that's six. Double United, that's eight. Um, one Chelsea, that's nine. And then you can throw in like a West Brom or a Brighton or a Newcastle. I think just one from any of those three, but not more than one in total. Well, I, and I then, would, maybe I would yeah, throw I would in Castagne, someone like Castagne, someone like Dallas, someone like ASR, Demille Smith-Rowe, Smith perhaps Rafinha. They'll fill the team out, wouldn't they? Yeah, like all those kind of cheap, solid options from the teams like Leeds, um, Leicester, I think even Villa, like you might want to just keep Watkins through till the yeah. end. You might have Great. a concert, you know, if Grealish comes back, 
that might be a nice differential for the final stretch, but I don't even think he's coming back. Um, I think we both said Wood is like a final rogue shout. Like maybe he partners Ian Acho and Kane up top. It'd be Wood or Watkins for me. I'm not sure yeah. whether I wouldn't go Watkins given the fact he's got that extra fix. He's got an extra fixture, hasn't he? So maybe. I do like the defense you mentioned, though. So kind of Rudiger, Trent, Shaw, Castagna, Dallas. I think that would yeah. be my back five. Yeah, that's. That's probably where I'd go. So, so yeah, okay. Um, right, just a couple more questions. We've got at, at Tay Aisla. Tay Aisla? Tesla? I don't quite know. I've, I that... thought it was Tay Aisatu, or is that someone else? Oh, right, I'm reading the name and you're reading the handle, I see. Yeah, yeah, anyway, not to worry. still early here. What to do with Jota? Ten seconds. I would just keep him if you've already got Bruno, Salah, Lingard and Son. Like, yeah. Unless you want to sell him to Rafinha, which might not even be past fit. I would hold on to Jota, maybe get Rafinha when the fixtures turn and he's fully fit. And two last questions on Spurs. We've got Simeon Astrala uh, and Gabriel at FPL Lens, uh, who uh, has kindly dropped us a question as well. Uh, on Questions on Kane and Son. Simeon asks... Are we keeping Kane and or Son after their performance in the cup final? And Gabe mentions Kane didn't look himself in the cup final. If he is limited or doesn't play against Sheffield United, is Son still a captain shout? So, so I said earlier, I think I answered this question. I had it on Son captaincy when we didn't know if Kane was going to play the cup final. As soon as Kane started, I just changed the captaincy back to Kane. Um, I, I'm not going to look further than Kane. Um, he's got the golden boot in his sights he's the top assist in the prem season of his career i'd like to think that they're gonna double down on that loss in the cup final and go and batter an absolutely appalling and relegated yeah. sheffield team but i don't want to keep both afterwards though that's no. for sure but if he doesn't play if he doesn't play son up there on his own bale will play with all likelihood if kane doesn't K kane was um, rushed back to play West Brom when he was injured like I have no doubt he's gonna play like he, he put out a tweet before the cup final and said no after the cup final he said this wasn't like the result we wanted we're disappointed we are gonna have to make sure the next five games in the Premier League go well so you know for me Kane saying the words we implies he intends to play 90 minutes in all five of those games perfect perfect all right Nima I think that does us for uh, the compass show for this week so uh, as always Thank you very much, buddy. Um, I appreciate getting on a bit there. I've got to go get my second COVID jab now. Uh, so, all's well that ends well, hopefully. Hopefully, I'll be fit and firing for Thursday night. And, uh, and yeah, that's the next time that the show will be back on. Uh, we've got the matchup show, which will be Thursday night. Again, another Friday deadline. Uh, I'm yeah, 6.30 again. Yeah, another early deadline for us. So we're we're back on Thursday night at Singapore time um, for the live matchup show. And this week the guest is Sean, uh, so Bacon Boy. Uh, so uh, he's always good for a laugh. So no doubt we'll have we'll have a giggle with him. He's got a very dry sense of humour. So I'm sure it'll be a I'm sure there'll be some uh, hilarity going on. Um, Nima. I think there's nothing more to say, but thanks, buddy. And as always, your, your articles are out this week. Yeah, yeah. So they'll be um, on Fantasy Football Hub, Transfer Trends. Probably be looking at this exact Bruno conundrum. So keep your eyes peeled for more news about Bruno sales and who we should be getting to target this week. Yeah. And your team reveal will be on all about fpl.com. 
Exactly, yeah. So once I finally decide what that one punt is going to be pre-wildcard, I'll be sure to let the listeners know. Perfect, perfect. Mine will be released as usual um, late, the last minute, once I've decided what to do. Um, but no, apart from that, I think um, we should just get out of here and uh, we'll just catch you all really soon. Um, so all the best, everybody, and take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.